Hi everybody, this is our very first podcast for CYCW339, Applying Developmental Theory, and I want to start off with full disclosure, I chose that intro music because it reminded me of a Pixar movie, so hopefully it does the same for you. Also, I apologize for any noises that might be in the background, I think we all know I'm not a developed enough podcaster to actually edit those out, so hopefully they're not too distracting, and if needed, I will just cut some pieces. Okay, so uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about why this course is meaningful and how it's a bit different than the other developmental theory courses that you've taken so far. And this is addressed in the reading. The basics of CYC are really joining with individuals, understanding their developmental logic, and then helping them get unstuck. That's the foundation of almost all the work that we're going to do in this field, whether we work in residential care or with families or in therapeutic youth work or you know we're working with caregivers kind of whatever it is is helping people to move forward out of their stuckness and so what we're going to do in this class is we are going to use the developmental theories that you've learned in previous courses if you're at McEwen that would be adolescent development and development across the lifespan um, if you're coming from elsewhere you likely had some developmental theory courses as well so we're going to use that existing theoretical knowledge to figure out how to help people get unstuck and to move forward um, and in the meantime, in the process of doing that, we're really going to explore and interrogate what it means to be child and youth care professionals. So for the people we work with, uh, really what we're often trying to do, particularly when we're talking about youth or vulnerable families, we're trying to help them develop self-control and empathy. But if you've worked at all with youth or families, you know that trying to do this with behavioral control is really exhausting. Oftentimes it just results in power struggles and, uh, you know, as a professional, you end up spending most of your time being nitpicky about whether someone has done the dishes. Um, and while there's certainly a place for that, we hope that that's not kind of the end goal of our work. So what we're going to explore in this class is the reality that all people change and learn by experiencing not necessarily by being told, in fact, usually not by being told, or for example, by behavioral control like a chore chart. I don't know about you guys, but the last time someone tried to change my mind just by telling me that I should think a certain way, it didn't end up super well for them or for me. Um, so that idea that all people change by experiencing is reflected in basically all the theories we're going to study in this course, um, whether it be Erickson's theory of psychosocial development or Piaget's cognitive development um, or Vygotsky's socio-emotional development, they all reflect that reality. The hallmark of being a CYC professional is that we leverage daily experiences or we devise helpful new experiences um, to help challenge existing developmental beliefs. So we're actually using those experiences, we're arranging them, this is discussed extensively in the text, um, to challenge existing beliefs in a way that helps people be open to change. So when we have these confusing experiences, they create what's called cognitive dissonance, which is a mismatch between a deeply held belief that we have um, with the reality that we're facing. So for example, um, if I'm a youth who believes that no adults care about me, and then I get up in the morning and go into the fridge and someone made my lunch the night before and put a little note in it, 
that reality challenges my deeply held belief. It might be in a really small way. It might seem insignificant, um, but it's often those small little experiences that help to kind of challenge and undermine some of the unhelpful beliefs I might be hanging on to. And this is true for us as much as it is for the people that we work with. Um, this is also how we learn as professionals. And we're going to talk a bit about that, but not today. Um, Okay, so cognitive dissonance causes people to either reaffirm their beliefs. So either I can look at that lunchbox in the fridge and say, that person doesn't really care about me. They're just trying to get on my good side. I can hold on to my existing belief. Or I can become open to the need for change or reorganization of my belief. So I might think just for a little bit, hmm, that's weird. No one's ever done that for me before. And again, it might take lots of these little experiences uh, to help me actually get to the place that I can change or reorganize those beliefs. But every small experience contributes to that uh, eventual learning and growth. So the thing that we need to remember is that oftentimes when we're talking about experience arranging for the purposes of developmental change, we're also helping people contradict stories about themselves and others they've built up over a lifetime. Uh, very often, the kids, youth, and families that we work with have lots of proof to back up their developmental logic. If they believe that people don't care about them or the world is cruel, typically it's because they, in their experience, that's true. People haven't cared about them and the world has been cruel. This is true for us as professionals as much as it is for any people that we work with. Think about something that you believe really deeply. This could be that your parents are good people. It could be that you have the power to make a difference in the world. It could be that people are kind or that they're not kind. Whatever that belief is, uh, you probably have a lot of proof to back up that belief from your own experiences in your own life. And in the same way that you have that, the people that we work with also have that. So um, when we're talking about a story that's built up over a lifetime with a lifetime's worth of proof. It's going to take a lot of experience arranging and different challenging experiences to create enough cognitive dissonance for the people that we work with to have the opportunity to think about something in a different way, to recognize that perhaps the reality they're now experiencing doesn't always match up with their existing belief and maybe they need to reconsider it. So in the text, this is written as, as a youth, or as a vulnerable person, I need to experience reality in a way that contradicts my story. And that's, as child and youth care professionals, what we're here to do. Help people have experiences that contradict those unhelpful stories that have become embedded in this person's idea of self and of the world. Now, in this class, we're going to use lots of theories to talk about how we could create this cognitive dissonance. And the reason we use a variety of theories, not just one, is that it provides a bunch of different perspectives. For some of us, some theories will resonate. For some kids and parents and families, some theories will resonate. Um, sometimes we might be able to see evidence of development through the lens of one theory more than another. So that's why we're going to kind of try and integrate all the theories we've talked about in previous years. We're going to critique them a little bit. Um, and then we're also going to, from those theories, derive some ideas about how we could uh, potentially help somebody become unstuck and move forward developmentally. In the text, Jack Phelan talks about an example of an adolescent two-year-old, uh, a youth that he worked with that 
had never really moved beyond toddlerhood developmentally, um, but was now inhabiting the body of, of an adolescent. Um, I needed to learn some things about empathy and self-control before he could move forward successfully into adulthood. So as an example of using a lot of theories, when Jack talks about this, he talks about this youth needing power and control in the same way a two-year-old does, um, saying no uh, in the adolescent version. Uh, but then he also talks about how this power and control was experienced as very self-focused, which is related to Kohlberg's theory of moral development. But then additionally, Jack talks about how uh, the youth needed to be worked with in a way that helped him to feel heard and developmentally understood by the professional so that he could eventually see the child and youth care experience arranger as a more knowledgeable other. And that's using Vygotsky's language. So you can see in this one example, um, it's a lot of different developmental ideas that we're going to be melding um, and considering as we think about specific case studies and specific challenges we're going to face in the field and challenges that our young people and families face and how we can help them move forward. And what you're going to notice in these different theories is that the progression of many of them are similar. And so I've actually created a little bit of a chart. It helped me to think about it uh, when I was considering, um, you know, how to, how to even talk about this. I just kind of drew this out. So I thought I'd give it to you guys. Um, if some of you are visual learners, it might be helpful. If you're not a visual learner, it's not helpful. Don't worry about memorizing it. Um, but essentially that chart talks about a progression from creating safety to helping individuals believe in their ability to change and then helping them see the need to change. And that's often true of almost any developmental theory that we can consider. And we're going to talk about those in more depth. What you're going to see uh, throughout this course is us leveraging developmental theory to arrange experiences that will undermine existing beliefs and create room for change for each person that we work with. In order to do this, we're going to start off by reviewing briefly kind of some of the really major developmental theories. I've included a video for each one um, on your Blackboard Weekly Activities page. Uh, so you can go and take a look through those and just kind of have a refresher. It's been a bit since we've talked about them. Um, and then moving forward, we're going to talk about kind of different themes in this process of helping to create change um, and move children, youth, and families forward out of stuckness. I know that this was a lot of information and it's a kind of a big summary and we're just coming back to this conversation. Um, consider this podcast to be a bit of an overview of what we're going to cover in this course. We're going to delve in depth into themes around cognitive dissonance, around experience arranging, around power and control, around working with families developmentally. So we're going to cover a bunch of different areas. We're going to dive deep into like I said, several of these themes, don't worry if this seems a little bit overwhelming today, that's totally normal. Just take a second, go and review those developmental theories so that we can be fresh uh, moving up uh, into our next weeks. And yeah, I'm really excited to continue moving forward. There's going to be a podcast each week in addition to readings, videos, discussion boards. So watch for those. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to take this learning journey with you guys this week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.